Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Blood destruction, sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen the Anarchist Woolless Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week. My name is Joseph Scar. I'm hosting the program today. If you're interested in ideas, keep listening. If you want to win a prize, go somewhere else. We don't give out prizes unless you call Pride a prize. Okay. Now, if you wonder what anarchy is all about, an anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. Very simple concepts, not very radical. You want radicalism... You want to become a corporate giant, join the BHB board. You want to cut off heads, join IS or the Saudi Arabian uh, monarchy. It's up to you, you know. If you want a, a rational, sensible discussion, keep listening to the Anarchist World this week. There's a lot of people that you wouldn't call very sensible out there. Now, I've got to start off with a lot of thank yous. It's that type of week where you've actually got to understand the Anarchist World this week is basically just a program and we get involved in a lot of activities. And uh, those activities require the participation of people who basically have had enough. So I've got a lot of thank you. The first thank you is to all those people, and there were tons of them. We couldn't even fit them into the rooms. All those people who came to the West Papuan Rent Collective do on uh, Sunday. Excellent turnout. Put it in your diary. The next uh, West Pipe and Rent Collective um, gathering will be on uh, Sunday the 14th of August. And if you're a member of the Rent Collective, see if you can find somebody else to join the Rent Collective. And I know people say to me, well, it's a dollar a day. I can't afford a dollar a day. And I say, have you got three friends? And they say, possibly. And I say, well, if you've got three friends... And you meet them once a week for a coffee, ask them to donate $2 each, and you donate $2, and there you are. There's your dollar a day. Simple. So if you want more information regarding the West Papua and Rent Collective, uh, you can give me a ring on 0439 395 489. You can email me at anarchistage.yahoo.com. So thank you to all those people who turned up to that. Also, thank you to all those people who turned up to the gathering outside uh, Rio Tinto, and ASIC at 120 Collins Street on a Friday evening. Great turnout, great people, 
wonderful people. And considering, uh, you know, what we've been saying for generations, not just years, but for generations, is all coming to past. No, it's not biblical. Uh, it's, it was good to see people there. And just to remind people, the next uh, public interest before corporate interests, uh, uh, anti-corporate uh, uh, activity will be on on um, Friday, the sixth of May, we meet outside. We meet outside the visitor centre at Federation Square, corner of Flinders and uh, St Kilda Road. So, thank you once again. Now, those of you in the rest of Australia who are listening to all thing, these things and saying, "Wow, look at all these things that are happening in Melbourne." Well, they can happen in your part of town. You can organise it. It doesn't take much effort. What it takes is a little bit of initiative. In this country, we have too many people saying somebody should do something about that. It's a huge tribe here in Australia. And then we've got the Gunner tribe, even bigger. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Well, if you're going to do this and you're going to do that and you're waiting for somebody else to do it for you, it's never going to happen and you'll be stuck with Foxtel for the rest of your life and YouTube. What a fate. What a fate, Foxtel and YouTube. I can't believe it. Yeah, there are people like that. They tell me. I haven't met any, but they do tell me. Now, how are we going to thank you? We've done the West Papuan thank you. We've done the, uh, you know, the anti-corporate thank you. Oh, yes. I'd also like to thank all those people who on Monday took the time out uh, to come to the Supreme Court in Victoria to uh, give me a little bit of personal uh, help or assistance, a bit of solidarity, interesting case. Now, unfortunately, some people came in the morning at the very last moment, the uh, Friday afternoon before the court case. The uh, the trial was changed at 2pm and the venue was changed and uh, a number of people came and had to go, but a number of people continued um, to hang around and uh, waited till 2 o'clock. It's an interesting case. I mean, it's not a huge thing, but it's an interesting case. It was the Supreme Court of Victoria. I basically took the... Magistrates Court of Victoria and the uh, the Australian Electoral Commission uh, to uh, to court to the Supreme Court, claiming I had been denied procedural fairness at a magistrates court decision. The magistrates court I was trying to submit a uh, constitutional argument against uh, compulsory voting against Section two four five of the Australian Electoral Act. Had been to the magistrates court on four separate occasions. A number of submissions had been made. Uh, uh, you know, at the request of various magistrates, and the fourth magistrate I came across basically said, "I don't have the uh, power to to uh, look at a constitutional issue." Was quite um, vigorous about it. We had a bit of a vigorous debate, uh, and I felt I was going to let it go to the keep. And I thought, "No, nah, this is crap. This is crap. No magistrates' court should behave in this manner." So I had a look at the transcript, uh, found out that uh, I, you know, it was my I, I fought. And that uh, you know he was the magistrate was wrong, took the case to the Supreme Court about a year ago, went through two phases, and the final phase, the trial was uh, on Monday. It was good to see so many supporters there, and uh, this, and uh, the uh, judgment will obviously be up on the net in the next uh, few days. But the uh, the uh, judge, Judge McDonald, Supreme Court Judge McDonald, uh, made a number of orders. One that the uh, magistrate's orders from June 2015 be squashed because obviously the magistrate had erred in law and denied me procedural fairness. Two, 
Uh, he ordered the matter be reheard at the Magistrates Court, although the Australian Electoral Commission, uh, their barrister, uh, you know, uh, was very keen to have the matter finalised in the Supreme Court because if it had been finalised in the Supreme Court, I would have been denied the possibility of raising the constitutional arguments I wanted to raise 18 months ago when this matter first went to the uh, Magistrates Court. So the uh, case is still alive if they can, if they wish to uh, continue to pursue it. And thirdly, uh, I was going to be awarded costs, but I waived costs because obviously I'd done all my own legal work and representing myself. And I waived costs for two very good reasons. One, if the costs were uh, directed against the magistrate's court, the uh, Victorian taxpayer would have to pay the costs. And if the costs were awarded against the Australian Electoral Commission in the Commonwealth Prosecutor's Office, well, the federal taxpayer would actually have to uh, pay the costs. So uh, I waived uh, the costs, although I was entitled to costs. So it was an interesting case. It will continue. But most importantly of all, I'd like to uh, thank the 20 people or so who made the effort to be there. It's always good to have a full court in these uh, situations. So um, thank you very much. So I think that's about the end of the thank yous. As I said, it was uh, quite an interesting week last week, but every week is interesting in the life of a radical activist. Because that's what, it's, that's what radical activism is all about, isn't it? It's about ensuring that we use every legal, peaceful mechanism available to us to ensure that the rights of the individual are put before the rights of the state, and most importantly at all, to ensure the Commonwealth is enjoyed by the people of this country. Now, for, you know, for decades, in the anarchist world this week and before that, the encounters with the third alternative, which was the pre-cursed pre, um, of the anarchist world this week, I mean, I've been broadcasting through this radio station for our uh, 39 years, initially through the encounters with with the Third Alternative, and in 1989 when the Berlin Wall collapsed and their communist uh, experiment collapsed, the program was changed to the Anarchist World this week. And I think over the last decade or so, it's been heard not just at uh, community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, but across the country via the wonderful folk at the Community Radio Network who uh, broadcast the program across Australia very through a number of their uh, radio stations who uh, uh, volunteered to take up uh, the program, The Anarchist World, this week. And the, and the whole purpose of the program is basically to ensure that not only that we actually analyse what's happening, but to actually paint a future, build a future, paint a future. I mean, we've got 25 million people living on a continent, and you know I say it every week, and it's quite extraordinary how many problems we have and it's quite extraordinary that through the last um, four decades we've gone through a revolution, a revolution which has changed the thinking of Australians, a revolution which has been based on, as I keep saying, deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation, very fancy words, which basically means giving the green light for that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, that 1% is the corporate squatters, to basically do what they like, not only usurp the power of Parliament deny us access to the Commonwealth of this country. And we've seen legislative agenda after legislative agenda, three trade agreement after three trade agreements signed, which removes the sovereign rights of people in this country. And what have we of Australians done? Well, nothing. Bicket amongst each other. You know, pointed at somebody and said, oh, he eats funny food. She wears a funny thing on her head. Oh, I don't like his colour. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look natural. You know? Ooh, he's gay. 
And the list goes on and on. I mean, it's the old story, isn't it? Divide and conquer, divide and conquer. And we've got a number of issues, you know, perennial issues uh, in this country which basically are there to divide and conquer people and people seem to forget what the major, the central issues are, what the central plank is. You know, what what is the issue that uh, dominates that uh, in many regards has an impact on the rest of us. And, and that's the thing we, we need to remember, that, you know, we've got bigger fish to fry, bigger fish to fry, and, and if we want to solve a lot of the marginal issues or peripheral issues, we need to solve the bigger questions. We need to tackle the bigger question. And there is nothing bigger in this society, nothing bigger in this society than the way revenue is raised to look after the interests of every man, woman and child, resident and citizen in this country. Nothing bigger. And it really is quite annoying how we seem to forget. We seem to forget what the central issue is. I mean, if you don't like halal food, you don't buy it. If you don't like fish and chips, you don't eat fish and chips. It's that simple, you know. If you don't like, uh, you know, you don't like uh, Roman Catholics or uh, Muslims or uh, Hindus or whatever, you don't go to their churches, you know. I mean, obviously. If you're an atheist, well, maybe you'd like to see something. I don't know. But what I'm saying is basically it's all about divide and rule. So... The purpose of the anarchist world this week is, to a large degree, to overcome that divide and rule, to demonstrate to listeners and the people they speak to, you know, to demonstrate that the central issue is an issue of power. Who exercises power in this wealth? How that power is exercised and how that power is used to squirrel away wealth in the hands you know, of a smaller, increasingly smaller section of society and how they use the state and the enforcement arm of the states, the police and the armed forces to cement their power, cement uh, their wealth in this country because we all tend to think we live in a democratic society and I think anybody who's been through the court processes soon learns it's not about democracy, it's about how deep your pockets are. All right, now I said I would make a special announcement today, and I will. Maybe in a few minutes' time we will make a special announcement because, see, the thing about being an activist, the key word is activist, and being a radical activist is being an activist who is willing to take risks. Now, I know too many people who I call, you know, orthodox, fundamental radical activists who say something's been done this way for generations, it will continue to be done this way. They love to run against brick walls and smash their heads against a brick wall. When you're faced with a brick wall, you can do four things. You can smash your head against that brick wall until you're unconscious and bleeding on the ground. And a lot of people do that because they're not willing to change their tactics and strategy. You can borrow a ladder and climb over the brick wall. That's if there isn't razor wire on top, then you'd have to, you know, borrow some uh, cutters, wire cutters. You can dig a tunnel under the brick wall, or you could walk along the brick wall till you find where it ends and then walk around it. So the analogy is very simple. Because something has been done 
in a particular way because people have followed a particular strategy for generations does not mean that particular strategy suits current conditions because the the central element of being human is the capacity to change the capacity to adapt and that's what's given the human race that edge their ability to use their evolutionary potential to adapt to different situations and it is very sad very sad to see so many radical activists running around in circles, beating their head against brick walls because they are not willing to adapt because somebody 150 years ago said, this is the way it's done 150 years ago. So I'm not frightened to look at new directions and resurrect old directions and old strategies because the key is to be able to influence other people and to be able to encourage them to organise, to sweep away the current mess we have. And you can't do that if people don't know what you're talking about. And there's one thing I've learned in the past year as a member of public interest before corporate interest. We've now got almost 700 members. And there is one thing I've learned through the street work is what we think is gospel Other people think we're talking in tongues. They have no idea. This deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation revolution that has swept this country over the last four decades has fundamentally changed people's assessment of what they see and what they think and what they believe. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 366 days in a leap year, we have the same corporate garbage, the same corporate vomit, you know, there. And unfortunately, most Australians now have forgotten, forgotten how we reached this situation where there was universal health care, where there was free universal public education, where there was public infrastructure. And the list goes on and on. Even the word public means nothing to the majority of people. They don't even know what you're talking about. And when you use the word corporate, they have a minimal idea of what you're talking about. And that's because... It is not part of the vernacular. It is not part of the discussion. Nobody is willing to upset the corporate squatters. Nobody is willing to upset the investment class, those Australians with the disposable income who are quite happy to legally minimise their contributions to society through the taxation system. It's all too difficult. So people tend to hide away. You know, watch a bit of sport. Go on YouTube. Find a bit of porn on the net. Fill in the time between birth and death with useless, repetitive activities that really have no impact on anybody, anything, except, you know, some corporate, you know, Murdoch-type uh, pocket. So it is, it, is, it is a real challenge, and people say the left is dead. Well, the authoritarian left is dead, decomposing, 
never to be resurrected. But that desire for human freedom, that desire for equality, that desire for a fair go, that desire to create a society where everybody has access to the fundamental is still there. Because everybody who lives in a capitalist society knows the difference between destitution and a reasonable life is six weeks' wages, six weeks' social security benefits, six weeks' wages. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. And that's the situation that we face on a daily basis. So... I can wax lyrical. I can tell you that the, Mr Turnbull is having major difficulties, not because of the Labor Party, but to a large degree because of the corporate-owned media, especially the Murdoch media and the Abbott-led forces who would prefer to lose an election than allow Turnbull to get his reformist, mildly reformist agenda into the legislative arena. And that's Turnbull's problem. That's why he's polywaffle. That's why he's the man who can't do any because he can't he has no control of the party. He was elected into that position because he was the attractive picture on the cigarette box, on the cancer box. He was the beautiful picture on the cancer box. And when they smoked a turnbull, people would forget that a, you know that a uh, consequence of smoking a, a Turnbull is the possibility of emphysema, bron- chronic bronchitis, and uh, lung carcinoma, because it looks so nice. But he's got no capacity to change the contents of the cigarette box. He's got he hasn't got the capacity, and that's why the Liberal Party looks like it's dithering. Because he's fighting on two fronts. Now, I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just telling you the reality. And people need to understand the reality. We have a group of people in this country who have been at the, you know, have benefited extraordinarily from the neoliberal revolution. We now have 1% own 40% of the wealth and 40%, the bottom 40%, that's economically, when I say bottom, economically own 1% of the wealth. We've got seven or eight people who own more than about 25% of the rest of the Australians. It's just an extraordinary situation which should never have been allowed to occur. We have people who are so powerful they dictate parliamentary policy. That's why corporate Australia, despite the revelations which we all knew in the Panama Papers, you know, it's as if it's news, you know. We all knew that. We all knew that these bludgers, let's call them what they are, bludgers, bludgers and leeches, that's what they are. They're nothing more than bludgers and leeches, you know, squirreled away their wealth in these offshore accounts. We knew that. We've known that for generations. We've known for generations that corporate Australia legally pays no taxation. We know that companies, multi-billion dollar companies like Chevron paid $245 tax last year. We know that Murdoch and his companies pays minuscule taxation. He received $886 million tax refund in 2013. We know that 21st Century Fox, his other entertainment arm, pays less than 1% tax. We know that the Australian Murdoch's so-called Murdoch's sheltered intellectual workshop, you know, for neoliberal, neoliberal uh, acolytes, hasn't made a profit in 50 years hasn't made a profit, that it's subsidised in order, 
in order to determine the political debate. And all those of you who tell me, well, it's over for newspapers. It's not over for newspapers, boys and girls. And I'll tell you why. Because radio, television, the internet and the Twitter stream takes its direction from what appears in a newspaper that day. The agenda chops and changes, chops and changes on a daily basis. I'll give you an example, simple example. Now, there's a rag which I usually disinfect my hands to read. That's the uh, Murdoch's Herald Sun in Melbourne. It's, it's, it's contagious. It's got a lot of contagion in it. But uh, when I have a coffee, there's a free copy there, and I like to glance at it. And I, and I glanced at it on, uh, on uh, the 6th of April, and it was fascinating. Now, what's the big news? The big news is the Panama Papers, the leakage of the Panama Papers, and the fact that, you know, this is not all of them. It's just a fraction there are many of these schemes around the world. Let's not forget, it's not just the $25 trillion with these people are scribbled away, but there's a, it's a fraction of what's happening in the world, a fraction. These type of corporations and legal firms, you know, that uh, help the drug dealers, the corporate moguls, you know, to scribble away their funds, there's t- dozens of them around the world. So that's big news, huge news. So what's the lead story on the 6th of April in Murdoch's rag, that slimy piece of contagion, the Herald Sun. What's the lead story? You know what the lead story is? Two pages, front page, second page. The fact that trade unionists had the gall to hand out leaflets. I'm laughing, I'm sorry, this is real. I haven't made this up. I don't want you to buy a copy of that shit, but... You know, if you're in a cafe or on the net, have a look at it. Trade unionists had the gall to hand out leaflets outside AFL matches. Oh, oh, the audacity of those criminals handing out leaflets. And on page six, we have about a tenth of a page on the Panama Papers, and you know why? because obviously the Panama Papers are the problem, cause problems for the Murdochs of the world. And that's the dilemma, isn't it? You have corporate kingmakers. So what can we do about it? Well, we can have comedy skits about it. We can laugh about it. We can talk about it as everything that our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents fought for in this country is legislated away. Everything from overtime payments to access to Medicare to access to public education to access to pharmaceutical benefits to access to Social Security benefits to access to a decent job to access to permanent work to access to decent wages, to access, you know, decent conditions. We can just talk about it or we can do something about it. Now, I don't see millions of people out in the streets in this this country currently. I see people protesting about halal food and I see people protesting, you know, about, you know, mosques. But I don't see people, you know, hundreds of thousands coming out in the streets protesting about what is... Obviously, the central most important issue in this country. Now, public interest before corporate interest was formed a year ago in order to raise this issue. Uh, 
because of most likely we're going to have an early election, it's going to be very – it'll be impossible. Let's be realistic. It'll be impossible for public interest before corporate interest to be registered as a political party. Although we won't be registered as a political party for this election, we will be registered for the next federal election and the next Victorian state election. As I said, we've got nearly 700 members currently, about 676. So what I'm going to announce today is a public interest before corporate interests initiative. Although not registered as a political party, we are very keen to raise this central issue of corporate taxation. Central issue. And today, we are launching a new campaign, which, if you live in Melbourne, will require your assistance. But if you live somewhere else, in Victoria or South Australia or Queensland or the Northern Territory or West Australia or Tasmania or New South Wales or the ACT, you can run exactly the same campaign because what we must do is put this issue front and centre of all political community, social debate in this country. Today we launched a campaign called Make the 1% Pay 1%. Very simple. Make the 1% Pay 1%. I've been asked by PIPC members in the electorate of Dunkley in Melbourne, a Liberal-held electorate. We're not like the Greens and go out and, you know, and, you know, fight amongst each other, you know, try to steal seats from the Labor Party, three-cornered contests. You know, we know who the enemy is. We know who is the greatest supporter of corporate Australia. First it's the Liberal Party and second it's the alternative Liberal Party masquerading the Australian Labor Party. So we're launching a campaign called Toscano for Dunkley. You like that? That's the number four. Toscano for Dunkley. And our main program is make the 1% pay 1%. Now, I can see you saying, well, what's all this about? Well, it's a tilt at the electorate of Dunkley, the federal electorate of Dunkley, which has been held by the Liberal member, Mr Bruce Bilson, for the last 20 years. And as Mr Bilson is now retiring, this makes Dunkley a marginal seat. We are not there because we think we are going to win the seat of Dunkley. But we are there to highlight the need for the political debate to change. We are the people we've been waiting for. And we are the people we've been waiting for and we are waiting for you to assist us in any way you can to highlight these issues. And this is the campaign, and I'll go through it word 
by word and then give you information about it. This is the campaign. At this federal election, you, as a Dunkley elector, and you can actually put in any electorate you like if you're willing to run a similar campaign, that electorate. At this federal election, you as a Dunkley elector have a real choice. You can vote for the same old parties making promises you know they will never keep, or you can vote for independent candidate Dr Joseph Toscano. That's me, yours truly. Made from the same mould as the early 20th century radical activist Louisa Dunkley, after whom the electorate of Dunkley is named after. Now, I didn't write some of these words, so I apologise for this. Dr Cho- Joseph Toscano is the experience, intellect, courage and, and tenacity to ensure making the 1% pay 1% becomes a central plank of Australian politics during the next three years if he is elected as the member for Dunkley. It's not just about being elected as the member for Dunkley. It's about making this issue. Make the 1% pay 1%. This is no radical, you know, off-the-planet campaign. This is a campaign which is grounded in reality. This is a campaign where we have both feet on the ground. This is a campaign that doesn't need blood on the streets. We are not asking, demanding for an arm and a leg. This is a campaign, a peaceful, legal campaign, which is based on the concepts of the representatives of the people of this country through the Senate, through the House of Representatives and the Senate putting the interests of the people as a whole before the interests of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to make ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. Over $150 billion per year. That's right, not million. Over $150 billion per year can be freed up for public health, public education, public housing, public infrastructure, public renewable energy facilities and and the funding of a social security system that looks after the needs of all Australians, not just those with the disposable income to buy the the best health, housing and education services money can buy. Four new pieces of legislation need to be introduced, debated and passed in Federal Parliament to three up $150 billion from the 1%, which is less than 1% of their wealth. And this includes a 1% stock market turnover tax, which would reap at least $30 billion per year. 1% stock market turnover tax. Two, a 1% turnover tax for companies with a yearly turnover of more than $2 million. This would reap at least $30 billion per year. 
are 1%. Financial services tax for every transaction above $50,000, excluding the family home. This would raise at least $40 billion per year. And the removal of GST tax deductions for companies that have a yearly turnover greater than $5 million per year, and that would raise $50 billion per year, which is roughly extra $150 billion from a budget of $450 billion. It goes up to $600 billion. And why these taxes? Because these taxes are directly aimed at the 1%. Directly aimed at the 1%. Because traditional forms of taxation based on income do not work. If anything is to be learned through the Panama Papers is the fact that traditional methods of taxation don't work. These people need to be taxed when they make a dollar. Simple. And the Australian Tax Office needs the teeth to actually be able to collect that tax. Now, I know most people think, oh, the GST is for everybody. Well, the GST isn't for everybody. When you go out and you, pay, and you buy, you know you, you know, you get your electricity bill and there's GST of, you know, 30 bucks if you've got a $300 electricity bill or 60 bucks, $600 electricity bill. Well, do you know that if a business, all businesses and all corporations claim the GST they pay as a tax deduction? So corporate Australia doesn't pay GST. GST is a tax which is paid by those on fixed incomes, wage earners, people on social security benefits. And just by removing GST tax deductions for companies that have a yearly turnover of greater than $5 million per year would reap at least $50 billion per year for the public's purse. Because governments have an issue regarding revenue. In the past, you could rely on publicly owned companies to provide some revenue for the government of the day. Today, after 40 years of privatisation, there are no no public companies left which are returning money to the Treasury to be used to look after the needs of Australians. None. None. Nil. Zilch. So it has to rely on taxation revenue. And using traditional taxation methods to hit the corporate class, to hit the one percenters, to hit the investment class, the fifty percent of the fifteen percent of Australians who rely on this country's investor-friendly laws to legally minimise their uh, taxation contributions to society, leaves the burden on pay-as-you-earn taxpayers and people on social security benefits. Because you've got people on social security benefits paying GST. We've got corporations paying no GST, claiming it as a tax deduction. And the important thing to remember is 
that these four simple measures, making the 1% pay 1%, not only provide massively increasing funding for public services, a 35% taxation increase per year, it will also allow the 5 million small businesses that employ more than 8 million Australians to compete against corporations that today legally pay minimal, if any, taxation. As a small business, how can you compete against a corporation that pays no taxation legally? How you can, if you find yourself in one of these shopping complexes, how difficult it is to make a profit when you're dealing with corporations that own these shopping complexes which screw that small business. And the tragedy is most small business think their poorly paid employees are the major issue. And it's the same in the agricultural sector. Most farmers, small farmers, think it's their employees that are the major issue. Their employees aren't the major issue. The major issue is that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication that has usurped the power of parliament that lords it over us. That's the major issue. It's these 24-carat bludges is the major issue. It's not somebody wrought in the social security system. It's not people who've worked all their lives and now have got a pension because they didn't have enough superannuation savings because of their minimal wages all their lives. It's not people on disability support pensions rotting the system. It's not people on a miserable new start allowance, you know, of less than, you know, two hundred and fifty dollars a year. I mean a week or two hundred and fifty five dollars a week. That's not the issue. Then you get, you know, the Murdoch Empire telling us this is the central issue. Putting it on page six, the Panama Papers, billions of dollars, trillions, 25 trillion dollars offshore in some pathetic little corporation, little company in Panama directing it across the world. It's just extraordinary. And we're asked to tighten our belts. So make the 1% pay 1%. A simple slogan. A very simple slogan based on four new taxation taxes which are directly designed to ensure corporate Australia and all the hanger-oners pay at least a little bit of tax to ensure all the benefits they receive from the taxpayers. Things like having a court system, having a police force, having an armed forces which maintains order, simple things, having a public education sector which educates employees, having a healthcare system which looks after, you know, their kiddies. I mean, why should these people, why should these unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to their major shareholders get away scot-free legally on a day-to-day basis? The Panama Papers will be news tomorrow. There'll be a fish and chip wrappers, you know, the day after. That's the way it works. 
because this type of news is buried. As I said before, if you have the you know if you have the opportunity to look at the uh, Herald Sun on the sixth of April, front page news, huge news. Unionists hand out leaflets outside AFL games in Launceston and Geelong. You know why? Because they're concerned this type of activity may cost them a marginal seat or two and government. Page six, six, you know, about three inches, the Panama Papers. Extraordinary, isn't it? Just an extraordinary situation, and we allow them to get away with it every day of our lives. So, as I said, go to the new website. Launched today. Launched today. I had a look at it last night. It's up there. As I said, we need assistance. It's up to you. We need assistance to conduct a concentrated campaign in one little area of Australia in order to raise these issues. And if you're interested in doing a campaign in your part of the world, give us a ring. Give us a ring. Give us a ring now. 0439 395 489. Okay. All right. Here we go. I'll give you all these details and you can uh, become part of this campaign. Now, if you are in the city of Melbourne, we have two launches for the campaign. Now, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest has, um, is having a picnic on the Sunday the 10th of April at 11am to 2pm on the Hastings Foreshore opposite Restaurant 227 Marine Parade. You'll see them up there on the Hastings Foreshore. Wind, rain, doesn't matter. We'll be there. So if you want to learn more about this campaign, you want to learn more about Pipsy, you want to learn more about Toscano for Dunkley, this is a good thing. And on the 24th of April, Sunday, we'll have the official launch of the campaign, the official launch on the ground at the very spot that public interest before corporate interest was initiated 12 months ago at the uh, Seaford Farmers Market Reserve in Melbourne. It's Station Street, Seaford, and I'll talk about more about that in a, in a week or two's time. So all the information, if you want to get involved now, we leave no one behind. So get a pen. Get your memory going. There's a lot of things here. You can go to the website is www.toscano, the number four, Dunkley, D-U-N-K-L-E-Y dot com. That's Toscano for Dunkley dot com. The email is info at Toscano for Dunkley dot com. There's even a Facebook page. God, we've become illiterate. Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Toscano for Dunkley. And we even got a Twitter, which is starting today. Twitter.com forward slash Toscano for Dunkley. And if all this leaves you cold and you're not interested in the internet, you can leave a message on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. You can, you can um, write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, and we'll send you all that material. 
Uh, you can also go to the PIPSI website, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests, PIPSI.net, the Facebook page, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests. You can, uh, there's a lot of things, but as I said before, you find all this, you're not interested in this, fine. But it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You can YouTube yourself to death. You can read the Murdoch papers to death. You can watch pornography till your eyes go square. But if you want change, if you don't want to be held to ransom by these people, if you're sick and tired of being treated as a mushroom. You know, in many regards, I think Australians are beginning to understand, especially those who oppose you and taxpayers and people in Social Security benefits, they're beginning to understand what it's like to be an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander in this country, a stranger in your own land, a stranger in your own land. And I think it's important that we don't continue these obnoxious, useless fights amongst each other because there are bigger fish to fry. And the great thing about public interest before corporate interests, and I'll read you out the membership criteria because I think it's important. Membership is open to people of all religious beliefs and those who have no religious beliefs. We welcome people of all races, nationalities, genders and sexual orientation. We believe all human beings are born with inalienable rights and liberties no government can legislate away or corporations take away. A very simple membership statement. So if you think it's the other that's the problem, don't you're not welcome. But if you understand, this is a huge issue that affects each and every one of us, the fact that we now have small sections of society that have usurped so much power that determine the parliamentary agenda they snub their their uh, no they snub, you know they they put their fingers up their nose you know at us on a daily basis they remove legal options they ensure that legislation is passed that ensures that they continue to centralize power and acquire wealth with no direct consequences of any type in Iceland, we saw the Prime Minister forced to resign. What have we seen in Australia? Nothing. 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 Shrug the shoulders. Can't fight City Hall. Politics is a dirty business. You know? Can't be bothered. Doesn't affect me. Well, it does. Every day it affects you. Every day it affects your children and their children. It affects their opportunities. It affects their abilities to develop themselves to their fullest potential. It ensnares them in a vicious cycle of debt from birth to death. It ensures that the three main occupations of the good citizen is to consume, defecate and die quietly. And the key word is die quietly without making a fuss and that's why it's important not just for this election but for the next few years if not the next decade that we put a flag in the ground and say enough is enough no more no further that we want 
the deregulation, privatization, corporatization, globalization revolution. We want to roll it back. Roll it back. We want to ensure that the Commonwealth is used for the common good. We want to ensure that power remains in the hands of the people. And I'm not talking about, ultimately, for a representative democratic system where power is usurped by those with wealth and influence, but talking about a system where legislation can be initiated by citizens through citizens-initiated referendums. Ensure a citizen a system based on direct democratic principles, which is based on delegation, not representation, and the list goes on and on. As I said before, and I say it every program, the ball is in your court. You can let it go out of the court. You can hit it back. It's time that as citizens and residents and as people living in this country, we began to take responsibility for the situation we find ourselves in. We find ourselves in this situation because we believed the garbage that was being peddled during this period over the past 44 decades that things, if we deregulate, we corporatise, we globalise, we privatise, it'll be hunky-dory for us. Well, it hasn't been. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Now, I've got a lot of bits and pieces to tell you. The new website, Toscano number four, fordunkley.com. Email info at Toscano for Dunkley.com. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Toscano for Dunkley. Twitter.com forward slash Toscano for Dunkley. The Pipsy website, pipsy.net, pipsy.net. Facebook page, public interest before corporate interest. You can ring us on 0439 395 489. Leave a message and when I get back to you for a day or two, because uh, we're getting a lot of messages, and you can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Just forget, just remember, not forget, remember, if it wasn't for one person at one stage in human history saying that slavery is unacceptable, we'd still have slavery in the majority of the world. If it wasn't for one person who said ostracising people of a different sexual orientation is, not a, is unacceptable, we would have still have that, that as a central issue in this country. If, if one person didn't say, you know, Indigenous people have no rights because of our behaviour, we would still have that situation. Obviously we have that situation to some degree, but the fact is that one person stood up. So you stand up, make the 1%, pay 1%, talk to your neighbours, Talk to your friends. If you live in the electorate of Dunkley, talk to us. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week via the community radio network to the Anarchist World this week. Don't forget the program is podcast. 3cr.org.au 3cr.org An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 
10am every Wednesday. Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.